0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Command Point podcast. Well, I, yeah, I guess this will be a podcast, but also on YouTube. So go check that out. We're almost uh, at 100 subscribers on our YouTube channel. So, uh, yes, yeah. uh, my name's Ryan. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Shane. Hello. Doing, Doing our, our pandemic episode. Yeah. Stay yeah. safe. Stay safe out there. Uh... Yeah, recording remotely from, from our own houses rather than in the uh, quote-unquote studio. So <laughs> I'm I'm in an imperial bunker. Yeah. I don't know where you are, but... I'm yeah, deep underground. You're also deep underground? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Not so much a bunker. I'm just... I'm, I'm buried somewhere. So for today's episode, we have an interview lined up with Alex the Kid Eric, who went on a pretty decent tear at uh the 2020 lvo yeah he was the winner of the super pod at lvo (laughs) and placed top eight yeah um very exciting stuff got a good interview in store for you guys Mm -hmm. Uh, we're just going to talk about a few uh whatevers for 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 the time being until we get you guys into that so um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: ryan was there anything you wanted to touch on in these in these times yeah Uh, Forget about the trying times. That stuff is not important. What is important is all this crap on the internet I hear about people talking about veteran move. Oh, we're talking about veteran move. Yeah, we're talking about veteran move. Okay. So, yeah, it's one CP. Um, It happens before initiative is rolled. And uh, you choose a veteran specialist model. And they can either advance or make a normal move. Mm Mm-hmm. Do you see anything like wrong with this? No. Anything potentially game breaking about it? Yeah. So I see where we're going here.
2: This yeah, is this yeah. is about
0: the charge after. I'm the leading the move. witness right now. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh yeah. So we're talking about the charge that happens after you veteran move and people talk about whether or not that should be a thing that's in the game because technically the game states that you can't charge in a round in which you advanced or, or something along those lines. Uh it's, I, I mean, tournament packets, at least here in the States, have ruled this pretty clearly that you can charge after a veteran move.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, there's other tournaments. I know in Europe there's been some discrepancies where people are saying that you can't. Um, but, I mean, the designer's commentary clarified this pretty clearly. I mean, they answered the question. Yeah. They said you, you can charge after making a veteran move. Uh, I I mean, I in a game where there are so few answers to these types of questions, we finally got an answer and people are still arguing about it. And it blows my mind, just completely ignoring it. Um, It I just don't see before initiative is rolled. So thus it happens before the game round even starts. There is no controversy here. If you are a yeah. tournament organizer and you're thinking about ruling this as you can't charge after making a veteran move, you are wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's not even a situation where you're debating what like rules as intended were, because right. we there's no debate because they've come out and said it. Yep. Like they they it's there um, for people to say, oh, let's not listen to this. Let's just listen to the rules as written in the book. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's coming from the same source. It's Games Workshop. It's the, de- it's the game developers. Yep. I, I don't know what... I And it's not... I, I don't think that vet move plus advance is something that's too good. It's not like an overpowered thing. It's, no, it is definitely not. It's quite there. easy to play around. You just, Yeah, I was just about to say. Um, I mean, you just bank your CP and you Decisive Strike. Exactly. And that's, and that's it. That's um, deploy... <laughs> Yeah, if you think that your opponent if your opponent's taking a veteran, you're gonna know because you're gonna see the, the the list before deployment. Yep. And you just need to deploy appropriately and and not do anything stupid and, and save your CP. Um yeah. I mean you, you put yourself down a CP when you do this. Not that veteran move is bad, but veteran move with the intention of just charging, which is largely what people are concerned about. Yeah. Uh, it's not game breaking, it's just be a good player, be a smart player. You can get around yeah. it. Just get good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's, that's my, that's my kind of like rant. Uh, what do you, what do you want to talk about? Um, well, obviously we should at some point reflect on the fact that I don't want to go too deep into this because it's been beaten to death, but yeah. uh, the, the kill team tournament scene, along with just about every other tabletop tournament scene right now, is uh, crumbling before our eyes, at least for, oh, the, yeah. the, for the next few months, the, the foreseeable future. It's All these just, events are
1: on pause. It's just on pause. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. Events are getting canceled. Um, it's super unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are worried about... I mean, I think the biggest blow isn't necessarily tournaments getting canceled. It's people right now, for the foreseeable future, just can't go to their local game store and play right right and this sucks because this is like that's like kind of like the lifeblood of tabletop games is because not everybody has somebody at home or next door or a friend that they can just go to their house and play like a lot of people get their games and going to the store right and uh, and kind of interacting with their community and that's i mean that's kind of an unfortunate thing that's going on so how can you play kill team right now for starters don't go way out of your way if your game store somehow is open which i mean a lot of places are closing like yeah. our so. local our local store closed this afternoon yeah uh if your store if you're in a state where your store is open by some miracle I'm, yeah d- do not go right yeah like obviously yeah. obviously stay don't home go stay home don't go there yeah. is another option if you really really want to play kill team or you're gonna play tabletop games there's another option um uh this is something that we've both been looking at for a little for like a week now Yep. Uh, I've gotten several games in this way. Uh, mm-hmm. Tabletop Simulator on Steam. Yeah. And it sounds... I remember when I first heard it, because people were jumping on it last week when, when things started closing down and getting canceled. Yeah. Uh, it sounds a lot jankier than it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but there are YouTube videos you can look up. I mean, we can throw one of them in the description of, this, of, uh, of the yeah, YouTube video videos. that this is going to mm-hmm. be on. Um, and it's there's tutorials showing you how to do it it's super simple uh, yeah and and there's maps where you can play on like they have the lvo map on there they have yep. the arena maps on there yeah everything's very intuitive and you can download armies pretty simply like yeah you just install the mod and then you go through and save all the objects that you want all the models that you want to play with because there's tons yeah. of 40k armies on there where every single model and like weapon combination that the model can have are all up there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and that's, it's, it's awesome. The one takeaway, obviously I've been playing for about a week now. Um, I've been getting games in with just random people off of like a kill team discords. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm playing with people that I would have never, ever gotten the chance to play against. Uh, like I played against a dude in Italy last mm-hmm. week who is like, Quarantined because obviously <laughs> Italy is just in shambles at the moment. Yeah, right. um, and it's just crazy to to play with these types of people. And um in addition to that, once even once all this blows over, tabletop simulator is like the perfect sad hammer uh, setup. Yeah, because you you don't need to sad hammer. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. um, um I mean, because you could just download the models. You don't have to go out and buy yeah, like exactly a team just a sad hammer against yourself. Obviously, people can proxy, but it's a it's not quite the same. Yeah, uh, and there's like, like basically you get
1: on terrain here.
0: setups. Yeah, and I think it's a huge opportunity, and um, obviously, it's not at all like a replacement for real tabletop. As soon as this calms down, people are not going to be playing a tabletop simulator, really. But I think right mm-hmm. now it's an awesome opportunity. It is, yeah. You know, uh, like the Spanish, true. the Spanish scene. Yeah, that it was we about talk about said, so frequently. Uh-huh. Yeah, they're already running tournaments over Tabletop Simulator. <laughs> I mean, those guys are so dedicated, it blows my mind. But um Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, people are really jumping on it and and I like it a lot. hmm I, I check out the videos that we post in the description, the tutorials. It's really simple. If you have the game, it's if you don't have the game, it's it's cheap. It's like ten bucks, ten, twenty bucks, uh depending on where you buy it. Um mm-hmm. and getting all these models and files in is free off the mm-hmm. Steam Workshop. Yeah uh it's a good time yeah i figured it out and i didn't even know that those videos were up until just now so (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Um, that's how easy it is yeah uh so anyways uh tabletop simulator great alternative don't go to your local game store if it's open if you really want to play kill team and you're really bummed out that you don't get to play your your tabletop whatever it is that you want to play um that's that's a great option. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you wanted to talk about before we get in this uh, interview with Alex? Let me think. Do you have anything? No, anything I mean, else I'm, other than that? Okay. No, I think I'm set. Uh, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm kind of bummed that all these, all these events are canceled because. I was we were going to do some vlogging and, and traveling and, and we were going to host we were going to host it, our own tournament. Yeah. And, and now it's. all. And that, yeah, that's been the dream is dead for now. It'll it'll come back. <laughs> it's definitely not dead. If anything, this hardens our resolve. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, without uh, without further ado, let's just go ahead and get into this interview with Alex, the kid written or Eric. So, uh, Shane, do you want to start off? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, so, I wanted to ask, like, first, I we pretty much asked this of everybody that we talked to, but I wanted to know, like, what specifically got you into Kill Team and in
2: Warhammer, 40k? Um, well, I wasn't really ever into, like, 40k or anything like that. Um, my dad has played, like, basically his whole entire life, and... We live in the suburbs, but they both my mom and dad work in the city. So I don't really see them much during the week. Um so like on Sundays, usually like at, in the afternoon or at noon into the afternoon, um my brother, my dad and I will like go just play games. He'll do like all the painting and everything like that and we'll just like go play games and like it was just a way for us to like get together. Oh, and that's then cool. I'm just like super competitive person and I hate oh. losing. So like <laughs> it just turned into like me playing more competitively as like we started playing more and more often. And that's how we got to LVO. That's great. I was going to say, wasn't your dad at LVO also? Yeah, he was. We flew out together. Okay. That's
0: very cool. And he, he played, was it death watch? Yeah. Okay. Dope. that's awesome. Yeah. I was going to say, because I, I remember hearing some people say that there was like a father and son at LVO, like before the tournament really like started getting going. And then I only made the connection that it was you afterwards yeah
2: yeah my dad he flew we flew us out there he asked me like a few months earlier like, if i would want to go and i was like yes yeah. so, like the weeks leading up like we did like some prep tournaments at our local area and like he like got everything set up for me to like he like put me in, like the best position i had him like remodel a bunch of my figures so that they'd be like skinnier and stuff like that just so like they wouldn't get seen um behind like certain obstacles And so like, he did every... he did all that for me
0: Oh, okay. So when you say that, you don't mean like he was going through and like sanding down like no, the no, arms no, 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 of no, no. your Eldar. He was just like um, taking them apart and kind of just like like doing their posing better. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, their okay, and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, because I know that uh, they call it modeling for advantage. Sometimes it's kind mm-hmm. of kind of controversial, but it, with me, it's like as long as it's the same proportions, it doesn't. Yeah. matter.
2: yeah. He just like made sure that they were like. Basically, just like twisted, so like their models were just like as skinny as they could get. You know, like uh-huh. look left and right. Yeah, Marked yeah, yeah. Guns straight to the side, everything like that. Yeah.
0: Cool. Okay. Yeah, it makes sense to me that your dad kind of got you into this because one thing I've noticed, and I'm sure you've noticed this too, is uh there's not too many people that are like eighteen, nineteen years old going into tournaments. It's mostly like older dudes, like a lot of people in their twenties and thirties, and sometimes yeah. older. Were there any other people at LVO that you saw or played against that were, like, super young as well?
2: Well, I mean, like, obviously I was the youngest one there, but I feel like there were like people like in their early 20s also that were there. Yeah. I don't think there were any any other teenagers, if I was to think about it. But, like, there were definitely some people that were, like, 24, 25, like that kind of age, which I don't know if that's young or not to you guys. Well, that's our age, so... (laughs) All right. Well, I I guess that seems pretty young to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Great. Yeah, I was gonna say I feel relatively young in this hobby, and then (laughs) I see you, and it's like, holy shit! There's like actually, there's like young, there's like actual kids now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, at the at one of my local areas, there's like six or seven, like ten year olds, like ten and (laughs) eleven, and they all just like come and play together, and like they paint and do all their thing, like at the store, Uh and then they just all play. And other than that, like, the only other kid I know is, like, my brother that plays, but he doesn't even really, he just plays with me and my dad. Yeah.
0: Well, okay. Uh, so, how about you tell us a little bit about, like, your run at LVO, like, the uh, the opponents that you came up against, and uh, any particular, like, one match that, like, really stuck out to you?
2: Um, well, the Friday night Superpod, the Superpod yeah. finals that I played against Janice, that was, like, it was weird because I had told my dad before the tournament, like, the one team I wouldn't want to play was, like, my own team.
1: Because I yeah. wouldn't know what
2: to do against my own team. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm not, like, in, like, any, like, the competitive, like, Reddits or Discords or anything like that um, until after LBO. Yeah. And so when I actually got to, like, the Super Pod Finals and I saw Janice's team was basically, like, the, exa- like, the exact same models. But some of, like, the specialists were changed up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was, like, kind of, like, what the hell am I supposed to do against my own t- team? Yeah, um, And that one just came down to, like, a few roles against her. And mm-hmm. then, like, it was just weird to, like, play, like, the exact same team as mine. We, we had two Banshees, one Banshee Exarch, the Scorpion, Dire Avenger Exarch. Like, all the Dire Avengers were the same, too. So, it was, mm-hmm. like, really weird to, like, just see, like, another person have, like, the same exact team as me. Um, yeah. And then into the next day, I saw a lot of people playing, like, teams that were, like, a lot more more models just to try and capture points even though they were weaker i played um somebody who played the gene stealer cult twice um, i played him twice and it was just like weird to see it was weird to be like out modeled because um, normally when i play in like our local area i play against other space marines um or like tyranids but like not really heavy just like spam army tyranids right right um so, like it was weird to just be like out modeled more often than not, and um, in my last match against the Thousand Suns, he had like eleven Zangors or whatever. It's mm-hmm. so, like just that alone, like completely outnumbered my team. So it was. just yeah. I feel like even though they tried to change it from the Adepticon rules, where it was like more based on killing models, the Just having more bodies in the end is still just like more useful. So like throughout the entire tournament, we got used to playing teams that were like weaker and super super like populated. And then I would say like the biggest match that stuck out was probably my match against Glass Half Dead. Cause he ran like, I want to say like seven or eight models. He played the Necrons. And right. That was just completely different than, from anything that I've ever played. Never played like any Necrons or anything. I was aware of like their regeneration ability, mm-hmm. but I thought that like I thought D three weapons would be the best against it. And then I made some like made some bad errors using like the fusion gun and stuff like that. So that one was oh, the yeah. like, one that stuck out to me, um, just because of how different it was. Mm-hmm. And I just like looking back at it, because like I knew I was gonna play him first. Um, he was my first game. Of the second day and i knew that i was gonna have to play him they did the night before so i was just like reading them reading about them and looking at like their stats and everything and it was just like looking back on it now i just there's so many things i would have done completely different and that that's just a match that stuck out to me not because like of how good i played or how well he played it was just like one that i wish i could have back right
0: that's that mamba mentality right there <laughs> like no joke yeah that's that is that's super awesome that you were able to go so deep in that sort of a field without being a, without like having any prior i guess like knowledge or just like cross-pollination with any of like the competitive discords or subreddits yeah like,
2: well, that just i, I mean that's like, awesome my co- yeah my community is like super small in like the chicagoland area uh-huh. and my dad he always he's in like the facebook groups so he'll be telling me, like, oh, they're doing. They're thinking about doing this for the next tournament or they're thinking about changing the point totals to, like, 125. So mm-hmm. like, I was able to, like, I knew, like, what kind of, not metas, but, like, what kind of big rule changes were happening. Right. But other right. than that, like, I wasn't in any, like, the discords that were, like, talking about tactics for teams and stuff like that.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say one thing. Uh, you were talking about how you really didn't want to play against another Austriani player because that's mm-hmm. your own faction and it's kind of hard to uh, prepare for something like that. And I just think it's funny because that must have been the worst possible tournament to go to if you didn't want to play against Assyriani. <laughs> yeah, I
2: yeah. three times. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. The, and uh, The first game against Janice was like, that was like a really close game. And then the second game I played against was against Will. And he also had a very similar team to one I had, except for... In the beginning, I just started rolling like super hot, and then obviously all the Eldar are T3. All their weapons are strength four, though. I was rolling just super hot, and I just like melted his team. Um, It wasn't even anything like against him, like against or his his own fault. It was just like I was just consistently rolling sixes and just knocking everybody out. Um, (laughs) So like that's one that I wish I could play him again because his team was close to mine. I know Mm -hmm. he's a good player too, so like I would want to play him again. Mm-hmm. And then my third one against Janice, that one was just a bad game. Like, choked. I I basically choked under pressure. Like, that was wow. my game to get into the third, fourth match. Mm-hmm. So that one is one that I also wish I could have back. But, yeah, it was, like, just looking around, like, at so many other Assyiani players. And they, were, like, were all so good. Like, Dakota and Will, like, they're all just so good, too. So it wasn't even, like, any of them were, like, bad that I could, like, sneak a win by. You know what I'm saying,
0: yeah, yeah, that was the one thing, like not only is Austriani uh, an extremely competitive like high level team, but everybody that brought them to l v o was a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. there were no bad Austriani players at the tournament, yeah I mean, it came really close to having like four or five Austriani in top eight instead of just the three of you,
2: yeah, well, I think there was I think there was five of us michael Janice, me, will and Dakota, and then mm. I Michael obviously won't, took it all, and then Janice mm-hmm. was in the third, fourth, and then I was in the fifth, sixth, and then like I know Dakota like tied for the eighth spot to get yeah. into the top eight, but then mm-hmm. ended up getting like gypped from being to the finals. Like every single player was just like super good, and it was hard to. I just like didn't want to play any of them basically.
0: Yeah. So um, looking back on those on those matches that you wish you could have kind of taken back. Um, what sort of like improvements have you made to your roster, or have you switched anything about about uh, your play style, or what have you done with that since then, if anything?
2: Well, after LVO, I haven't really like played much competitive. Um, mm-hmm. I've been to like two or three tournaments in like the local area, but I brought um, Tierans for one of them, and then I brought a Gray Knight team to another one. Wow, ah, okay. Um, but like, I just like I'm super young and I have a lot of energy, so I usually. <laughs> don't think about like i usually go through my moves too fast i um, uh-huh. just talking about it like with my dad like afterwards um like in the moment like the very first move um glass and i played the the board where you start and like the triangles right next to each other
1: right and
2: right. i won initiative and he spent um the points to go th- the decisive move mm-hmm. and at the time i was just like what the hell? I kind of want to go first right now. So I spent the point too, just to like, just to see if I could do it first. Mm-hmm. When in, in reality, like I should have just held my points to do the, uh, the decisive strike on him when he mm-hmm. charged my guys. So it's just like m- things yeah. like that, where you just like lose track of what's actually happening and like, what can happen further along. And then mm-hmm. I moved my fusion gunner inside of six inches of one of his Necrons, just because, that's just something that usually you'd want to do with the fusion gunner.
0: Right. And then yeah. I
2: forgot that when you're within half range, you roll the two dice and then you pick the higher one. Yep. Um, so that oh. was just like something that it's just like not thinking about um, my moves too much, but I hadn't really changed my roster. Um, I th- I'm really comfortable with like the team that I play mm-hmm. and I like the way that I play. I'm a very aggressive player. And I think the Eldar are perfect for that. because They're super fast and they hit super hard. I think right. I just need to like practice waiting and like looking around more and being patient with my moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's just something that would come with like more time, obviously. Oh yeah. So I don't know. Uh, well, I wanted to ask,
0: um, I guess rewind a little bit and uh, I wanted to get to this before, but we just kind of got through to it. Um, how did you get into Austriani in the first place? Like what kind of drew you towards that faction?
2: Well, at first, um, I started playing, like, when the game first came out. And my dad, because my dad asked me to play with him. And he he chose the Space Marines. But then, like, in that starter set, it was Tyranids, Orcs, and Space Marines. So I was, like, completely thrown off from both of those factions. Because the Space Marines absolutely destroyed them at the beginning (laughs) of the game. So I knew I didn't want to play either of those. And then, just, like, looking... Looking around the factions, Eldar seemed to be the one that like most fit my own playstyle and like the way that I like to do things. Um 'cause when I when I wrestled, I was I never was like super super strong or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I was a lot faster than everybody and like shiftier. So that and that's just always been something that has been the way I like to do things. Um Again, Madden, I always like like the the agile backs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, okay. So, like the Yanni were just like the perfect team for me just because of like the shooting and then moving and just how fast they are and that was like the perfect team that would fit my not only like my place but like my personality too kind right. of, they were just like it was a perfect match
0: that's dope okay yeah that's a really cool um i guess perspective to 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 come from specifically looking at like it sounds like you're a little bit like. Are you into any other games competitively, like video games and like esports stuff?
2: Um, well, I play Call of Duty a lot with my friends. Um, I yeah. played Fortnite like when that was really popular, and I played Star Trek Attack Wing when that game was going on through Whiz Kids. Oh right, really playing, yeah. Um, that game like really died off because they didn't really run it that well.
0: Uh huh.
2: But even then, like I, I flew Voyager because. She was, like, the fastest ship and the, the most agile.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Like 360.
2: Yeah. So, like, of course. <laughs> even then, like, it was just, like, how I like to do my play, play my game. Uh-huh. And I feel like when, even if people, like, know what you're going to do, I think if, like, you're comfortable, then it's just, like, as long as you're comfortable. Like, with the Titans um, in the NFC or in the AFC Championship, and everything, like, everybody knew they were going to give Derrick Henry the ball. Right. Yeah. Oh, it oh, of doesn't course. matter So, like that's just. i think that like even if as long as you're comfortable with what you're doing and you play your own game um and don't let anybody else like affect how you're gonna play then you should be fine
0: yeah i mean coming from so
2: i kind of r- relate to that a little bit because
0: the way that i play kill team i'm, I'm a really fast player and i mm-hmm. and i go through my my actions really quickly and sometimes i i look back and i'm like shit i should have thought about that more and i think a lot of it just comes down to things like kind of like the decisive strike decisive move situation where getting situations like that just kind of like second nature where you don't have to think about it yeah Um, yeah but i i do i do totally relate to that hyper aggressive play style like the quick and i think in a way it kind of mind games your opponent too because
2: they 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 seem like you know what you're doing like right away yeah oh for sure and everything like that yeah, yeah I, I think it's like, and a lot of the time, I like to like see from my other, from my opponent's board side too. So then, like, when I'm thinking about like how I would do a move versus what they would possibly do, um, like if they had initiative or if I had initiative, like then like just thinking about too much at once, you tend to like overlook certain aspects of like your own team that you yeah. should like the decisive strike first move. So it's just something that. Um, I'm personally working on with the Gray Knights because they're a lot slower Mm -hmm. and they don't have like assault weapons and things like that. So just looking around the board being slower is something that I'm trying to work on right now for the next tournament that I end up going to.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, I wanted to
0: ask. Oh, go ahead, Ryan.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, like like a, you can have like two
0: of them like a, like advance no problem because they're just gonna cybolt someone to death anyway you know mm-hmm. so it's yeah, whatever that's <laughs> yeah it's true uh i was gonna ask yeah so are you trying to make like a like a switch to gray knights kind of for, for like this itc season or is it
2: um just a temporary know, so, thing so just because um just because i just chose them because they're something different my right. dad has always played space marines and he's and i've always played eldar so he kind of like challenged me to like beat him with a team that wasn't like he used the word overpowered. Very <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd use that word, but um, he just challenged me. He always challenges me to like beat him with a like beat him with an orc team or beat him with a tyrant team, whatever. Just like try something different. Um, yeah. So I decided to try the gray knights, just because like their weapons, are, their weapons are super overpowered, um, and they come with like the the force halberd comes with your your model. And it's like a D3 AP minus three weapon. So, like, yeah. I, I just chose them just because, like, thought I would try it out. But, um, going to college in New York next year. So, I think it'd kind of be hard to switch teams, um, and, like, switch to, like, a different play style without my dad, like, being there to, like, play with me. So, mm-hmm. I think I'm going to end up sticking with the LR just because I'm comfortable with how they play and we'll, I won't have a lot of time to, like, practice, you know, and stuff yeah. like that like experiment. So then, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, experiment.
0: Yeah, um, just experimenting with other factions that's great for like player growth obviously, mm-hmm. just so so you know how like other factions work and stuff like that. Um yeah. but yeah, sticking with what you know in that sort of a situation. I mean, until like a new edition of Kill Team drops, uh I think that's a pretty safe bet.
2: Yeah, experimenting that's I do a lot of that. I I I uh I do a lot of risky things and I think that's just like, might be cause I'm young, but I feel like, I feel like nobody else does as, things that are as risky as me. Like with the, I have my, my leader as the dire Avenger Exarch, and I just, <laughs> I just throw her out there cause she's two a yeah. model four up and vulnerable save. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like you gotta, she puts a big target on her, just uh, having like that leader tag and then uh-huh. just being such a quality model. Um, I feel like that just puts, like, such a big target on her that the other models that are weaker, like the fusion gunners, tend yeah. to get, like, overlooked. It's like, oh, I could shoot, like, this fusion gunner that I know will probably kill me if it hits me, but I could also take out his leader right here. Mm-hmm. Um, so just, like, throwing models, throwing models out there and just, like, making these charges that are a little risky or, like, charging models that are a little risky. Mm-hmm. Just things that I think not a lot of people would expect you to, like, do things like that. So it kind of throws them off when you actually do do it. It's That's being, awesome. Kind of like unpredictable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was going to ask. So it sounds like you're not really an advocate of the uh, the hiding the leader in the back, avoiding like <gasps> any
2: contact. I mean, I can see why people would want to do it because um, you have a seven point storm guard or whatever. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't get touched at all. You're guaranteed your points and then you can get like scout the field or engage on all the fronts from them. But I don't know personally. I just feel like that's just not something that I would want to do. I feel like you're wasting a model when you do that, um, just by having him just sit there and do nothing. I prefer to like prefer to push the action, and by losing losing a model by having my uh, my guy in the back just kind of like doesn't really fit my playstyle that much. But I could definitely mm-hmm. see why like other people would want to do it, and that's on them. Yeah, really, it's all about like how you'd want to play your own team and it's sitting your leader in the back definitely gets your leader killed less times than how i play my my leader yeah but uh
0: so i'm i'm kind of curious around when does your leader usually die because there's an (laughs) argument that's been made where it's like if if you put your leader out and they die like turn three or turn four it's not as detrimental to you Because you're getting those command points that you, like, really need. Like, really Mm -hmm. early game.
2: Yeah. Well, that's another thing. that I find myself spending command points, like, super loosely. Right. I don't have any, like, three-point tactics that are, like, death denied or anything like that. Uh Uh-huh. So, a lot of their tactics, you can, like, use them in the same turn. So, I never really find myself with three command points. I, I feel like if you end the game with command points, then those are points that, like, you missed out on using yeah absolutely that, that could have helped you throughout the game. So I usually spend them as soon as I get them. Um but there have definitely been times when my leader's gotten like sniped right away and that sucks. But I mean if she gets like flesh wounded and stuff like that, she she definitely gets touched. But mm-hmm. with like the math of everything, like needing usually needing fours to hit and then threes to wound and then my four and vulnerable saves and then, and then the you're six of feeling, up feeling pain,
0: the pain. Yeah exactly. and
2: she's two wound model. Yeah, then even after that, you have to roll a five or six to kill her. It's like more often than not, she doesn't really die just because there's so many rolls that you have to get through to actually take yeah. her out. Yeah,
0: I really like the
2: I really like that
0: idea of making that model your leader just because of all those like the the layers that you have to peel back in order to kill it. Yeah, that's yeah. really
2: and then like and you can like spend the dice to re-roll the fifty percent invulnerable save. Yeah, right. So I just I feel like she does she doesn't normally die. And mm-hmm. she ends up soaking up a lot of shots that, if she wasn't a leader, probably could go elsewhere. And yeah. like the outer saves aren't amazing; they're not bad, mm-hmm. but like they're not amazing. And their toughness is super low. Mm-hmm. So I just I think that like having her be kind of like a a shield, I guess, to everybody around her, because everybody yeah wants to yeah, mm-hmm. it's like something that um is super useful. I do I I do this move um where like if there's like a, a crate, I'll put my leader. Like halfway obscured, but halfway like able to see the other model, and Mm -hmm. then I'll put a fusion gunner halfway obscured by my leader, but halfway able to see the model. So it's kind of like a staircase, and then the fusion gunner gets to see the model that's unobscured freely, but Ah, gets protected. Uh huh. So that's just like something that having a leader, that's such a big target, get Mm -hmm. like that's an advantage you get that you Mm -hmm. wouldn't get having him sit in
0: the back okay yeah i know i think that's a really interesting play style and i i know there's been a lot of people that have kind of talked about that lately and i think one thing i noticed at lvo in particular was i feel like people's uh like the the reserve game kind of went up a bit and people were using reserves in a lot smarter ways Mm -hmm. um whether it be based around secondaries or deep strike tactics or whatever um things like that I think kind of hurt that that squishy leader hiding in the back playstyle.
2: Yeah. and uh,
0: Yeah, like I remember Berenid was talking about the idea of having like this, this Tyranid warrior leader and the idea of hiding him in the back he feels like he's wasting a model kind of like you said and yeah, uh, yeah and I, the, Tyranid, kind of...
2: the Tyranid warrior is expensive to hide in the bag.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot when, when you can make some of these really strong models a leader Um. Uh, yeah. I think it's interesting. And what what you mentioned is something I haven't really considered with, I, I guess people kind of make weird decisions when they're put in positions like that mm-hmm. and they might prioritize in a way that might not be optimal
1: because they're not oh, really yeah. used to,
0: you know, a leader charging at you from, from eight inches away, turn two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> mm, yeah. That's, and also like, like, the outer just got that Warriors of the Webway ability, which is super nice. Yes. Big, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that ability. It, oh, I um, bet. <laughs> yeah, I, like, when um, we play at my house, like, the the terrain that goes vertical, six inches, and stuff like that, uh-huh. I would drop, like, two fusion gunners and the, my combat specialist, Scorpion X-Arc, right there. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, for that two points, it's just, like, super useful that you wouldn't get elsewhere. And the leaders can just die super fast. But I feel like in that with the way that the LVO um, terrain was set up, like it w- it wouldn't be hard to like block out an opponent just by having a lot of models. Like I, that's one of the pros to. Oh yeah. Uh uh-huh. um, I think it's like I find I feel like I'm really good at blocking people out when they try and reserve um, models, just because like my ruler, like the I have a ruler that's for the size of the reserve drop. And I can just like mm-hmm. put models basically in like a grid to just stop them from c- coming behind me, and then it's kind of like a waste of a model that they have for a turn, yeah um, just like that model advantage like like having the leader or stopping somebody else from deep striking um, mm-hmm. is super helpful and even if like even if it's just like a model that has like a pistol, I like, got a pistol if it it could still get lucky, you know yeah absolutely.
0: Um, so one thing that I wanted to ask you was um, for the tournament, the LVO tournament, uh, what secondaries were you finding yourself taking? Like, did you like stick with like three secondaries throughout the whole tournament or did you kind yeah, of like change it up based on your matchup?
2: Um, why I ran steadfast every single time. I think steadfast mm-hmm. is the best. I've like told my dad that when, I, when they first changed it up, um, I really like the hammering. What was it? or it might have been an Obliteration, where you get, like, a point if you kill a model with a two dice or more. I really like that one, because, like, mm-hmm. the Scorpion and the Banshee and the Fusion Gunners, um, but they oh, yeah. took that one out. But I think that Steadfast is just, like, such a good tactic, I re- or a secondary. I used it every single game I played, for sure. Um, just because if you can control one point for that entire game, not only are you getting that one point throughout the tournament, or throughout the the game for controlling points at the round, but then like ha- getting that three points at the end is such a swing in points. I ended yeah, up right. beating Janice in that first game we played because she didn't think that I had steadfast. And by having it, it ended up, she like thought she was like more comfortable, I guess with a lead. Mm-hmm. But then with mm-hmm. that three points from steadfast that nobody really takes into account, it just completely swings the points in a certain way. And, and I know there's, like, an argument against steadfast that, so like, if they control a point, then, like, that's three points you lost out on. Yeah. But I feel like in the long run, if you're running steadfast and you can't control one objective for four rounds, then you have bigger problems than those three. <laughs> so yeah, true, usually, true. Like, and, like, the break test, I ran the Iandan, uh, the Iandan uh, craft world where, uh-huh. like, your nerve tests are on D3s and stuff like that. But then I like, told my dad when I decided to switch to old way. I was like, if I'm at the point where I need to rely on the cyanin abilities for my guys to not shake, then I right. already have bigger problems than making sure they don't shake. Right. So I think just like that steadfast ability is super good. I think uh, was it relic hunters? Relic hunters is super good, especially mm-hmm. with the melee uh, the exarchs, super yep. super good. And then yeah, with I fire and fade too. Yeah, yes. I was just about to say yeah. that. And then, um, or like, if there's like one across the the field, you can spend the point for the guaranteed six in your advance just to get mm-hmm. all the way over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when I take a lot also. And then cut apart is also one, just because I feel like, I feel like melee. I know some people think otherwise, but I think that melee is just completely overpowered in this game. A hundred percent agree. I think that melee is far favored over shooting
1: oh 100 I mean, percent. i know my
2: dad thinks that shooting's a little better than melee but i feel like with melee like, you're protected from being shot and mm-hmm. just the melee weapons period are just like crazy good um in comparison to a majority of the shooting weapons it's so, like the melee weapons are super good and you get you can get a ton of attacks and you don't have to worry about wounding out of, or injuring on a five six you can like take them out of action with a four five six yeah um so i just think that melee is completely overpowered so i take the cut apart tactic a lot and then mm-hmm. with cut apart and relic hunters like you can like double up on points super fast in a round yeah like killing a model and then taking it to taking its relic hunter token like that same round
0: yeah just by like consolidating into a closer yeah. model mm-hmm. right cool uh, on the topic of melee, so I saw on your roster. I don't know if you ever took this, but you
2: had a wraith blade. Did you ever end up running it at all? Not at all. Some like okay. My roster ha- I think it might also have a ranger on it. Um, I don't even uh-huh. know. To be honest, <laughs> um, to same team. Like a majority of the time, the wraith blade oh, yeah. is just there to like throw people off.
0: Okay, so I, I'm sure you saw. Um,
2: obviously Michael was running the wraith
0: guard with the D site. Yeah, yeah. It's a like great effect. Is that something that you've kind of turned? Like toward a little bit after seeing Michael do that,
2: or well, I was talking. I talked about it with Michael before um, during the lunch break on the on the championship day. Um, at first, I was completely anti Wraith Guard and Wraith Blade. I felt mm-hmm. like they were completely overpriced for what you got for them, and just mm-hmm. the damage one and the D scythe is just like kind of a killer. But then after talking about it with Michael more, it's kind of like a it's kind of a good model, and it it can like just the presence kind of throws people off, you know?
1: Yeah. Um,
2: he said, like, just drop it in the middle, nobody's going to want to even come close to the middle. And I never thought about it like that, because I always thought, like, oh, if I have him in the middle, he just get charged by a model, and then another dude could just walk in. But he's like, he's kind of right that nobody would want to get close to that thing. Um, and just, like, it's weapon overall, like, the automatically hitting. Yeah. He kind of kind of convinced me that the Wraith guard was actually decent. But I feel like, doesn't really fit my playstyle mm-hmm. for how slow it is. And I like to have a lot of models to cover a lot of the board. Um, but if I was to play Necrons again, I probably would end up bringing out a Wraith Guard with that, uh, with the Flame or D Scythe or whatever. Yeah, the yeah, D Scythe.
0: The D Scythe was huge against the Necrons. Um, it's like,
2: yeah, it's like the, I think it's
0: probably the best weapon you can take against yeah, Necrons. Yeah,
2: but I think the Wraith Guard or the Wraith Blade. Yeah. Um, not a fan of the Wraith Blade. Just because, like, the weapon that you get, the, the Force Axe, the Force Shield Ghost Axe, mm-hmm. I don't really think it's that great. And then, I don't know, he gets, like, three attacks, but they're, like, damage one, and then you have to pay a ton for, like, a, a weapon that's more damage. I just mm-hmm. don't, I feel like with that 50 points, or 40, 50 points, I feel like I could just do do more by not having him. And he can, he can realistically only kill, like, one model a turn. But with that 50 right. points, I could get so much stuff that could kill a lot more and hold a lot more objectives. Right.
0: Super interesting. Yeah, I, I wanted to know your thoughts on that because I know some players were taking the the Wraith Guard and, and some people weren't. Like Janice was kind of already on that beforehand, even mm-hmm. even before Killhold. I'm not sure what Dakota and uh, and Will ended up running, but I know I saw your roster and I was in, I was intrigued that you didn't have the the Wraith Guard. So.
2: I mean, hearing your explanation, it makes sense. Yeah, I didn't even bring a Wraith model. I just, like, a lot of my roster was just there to, like, throw the other person off. Like, I had Uh a Dire Avenger X-Arc leader and a Dire Avenger X-Arc veteran, I think. And that's just to, like, throw people off when they look Mm at my roster. But I realistically, like, ran the same, same few secondaries. And the only thing I really changed with my team was what my Storm Guardian gunner was. If they were fusion guns or flamers and if my heavy weapons platform was a bright lance or a, a star cannon mm-hmm. that, uh-huh. Like it, it goes back to like that thing about like being comfortable. That's just what I'm comfortable playing Um, Even if people really know that's what I like to do those secondaries mm-hmm. and that team. I still feel like I'm able to play that team good enough that it doesn't really matter if they know that I'm bringing it
0: great, so I was gonna ask I Believe I remember you saying summer. I don't know where I heard this, but you were planning on going to Adepticon, right? Yes, I am.
2: Well, I think that's yes. canceled.
0: Uh, anyway, so I saw that you were planning on going to Adepticon and obviously it's canceled and along with um, just about every other event that's going on. Uh, was there anything else that you were planning on going to before like a- after Adepticon, like later in the year? Obviously you're going to New York at some point, but yeah, was there
2: a, wasn't there one in Washington DC?
0: There was um, Spring Fling well, in
2: May.
0: Yeah, there was Spring in May, and that was in Virginia. That was Duels, Virginia, I think it was. Yeah. And that I know got there was like canceled. Three big
2: tournaments. There's like LVO. BAO. Oh, Nova. Nova. Yeah, Nova, Nova. Nova is the
0: DC one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I was planning on maybe going to Nova and meeting up. My dad was going to fly me out, and we were going to meet uh-huh. up there. So that was one that I was thinking about going to. I don't know if I'm going to be at LVO next year um mm-hmm. just like school and everything like that but yeah. nova is definitely one that i would want to go to just because it's a lot closer than the other ones and bao mm-hmm. I'd definitely count me out if i don't think i'm ever gonna go there it's just yeah, too that's far a tough one. yeah
0: it's it's tough we're new york also so
2: all these west coast tournaments are yeah it's that bao is trip. one that lvo is it's kind of like the big like i think it's the biggest one isn't it so that was one that i know i wanted to go yeah. to um, lvo was the biggest one yeah and it wasn't like it wasn't too hard to go because like I'm, I'm in Illinois, so it wasn't mm-hmm. that far. But I think next year being twice as far away, it's probably not going to happen.
1: But yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Shane, do you have anything? Oh, I, re- I remember what I was going to ask. Um, so normally in a, we asked Janice the same question before. Um, normally when kill team is played, all the secondary objectives are hidden from your opponent until you score them. And when mm-hmm. you score them, you reveal them to your opponent. How do you feel about secondaries being like open, like both uh, uh, both uh, both players tell each other uh, which secondaries they've selected at the start of the game,
2: like they do in uh, Big Forty K, basically? Um, I've, not, I've never I've actually been asked that. I, I didn't know that was something that they were thinking about doing, but I definitely
0: the, would. Literally, no out. one else was thinking about this until I just had a shower thought like a month ago and i was like well i don't know why we don't do that in kill team because they do it in big competitive 40k and it solves a lot of like issues i think but yeah go ahead (laughs) sorry
2: Um, i don't know i mean i think that maybe they probably do it in the big games just because you have a lot larger scale and the games take a lot longer but i feel like if you were to tell somebody what secondaries you were running in kill team it would just I think it would take out a big aspect of like the strategy of the game. Just like mm-hmm. trying to predict what your opponent would have and like how you could get around it and stuff like that. I think that's mm-hmm. like I think it's a undervalued skill. Just like being able to predict what secondaries your opponent might bring. Yeah. And being able to like tailor your playstyle to kind of reject them, those points. I can see why like people would want to do it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like I know that if people saw that I was running steadfast the game every single time definitely would not have made it to the top eight yeah that's fair uh, this is like a lot of points that can get denied really easily and then like if you have cut apart and bounty hunters or relic hunters or whatever and you're playing a space marine team mm-hmm. that's like kind of extra incentive incentive for them to like hold points for a death denied right and that it kind of just makes playing the game like i think it makes it more just team versus team rather than like strategy and just being able to like predict what your opponent would have.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I
2: guess, fair. I guess it's not bad. I wouldn't mind like a a big rule change because I played a lot of I played a lot of the LVO packet before yeah. and at uh-huh. LVO obviously. And then I mean, obviously, I found that just like LVO rules are far superior to the Adepticon rules. Oh so yeah, playing absolutely. that one like in my local meta. But so I, I wouldn't mind something like completely different, like maybe new secondaries or like kind of things like that maybe maybe like a duo's tournament mm-hmm.
1: like
2: where like a battle brothers I think it's called the Battle brothers tournament yeah, yeah. If that one wouldn't that wouldn't be cool to go to and mm-hmm. just like a, like you and a friend could pull up and play against two other homies I think, yeah. be, I think that'd be a cool idea just to like get something different in the competitive scene. I feel like yeah, right. the competitive scene has kind of been the same for a while. So I think. Uh, be cool. Yeah.
0: How would you feel about secondaries um, being sort of limited in the fact that you can choose whatever secondaries you want, as long as one of them is like a kill-based secondary, another is like a positional-based secondary, Ooh, and, then the a is, and then the third is and then the third is either or. You like that?
2: I do like that i idea. think that like te- I think that certain teams become super overpowered yeah in this meta right now i know mm-hmm. my brother plays a team he plays a space marines team that's like a blood angels and it's basically all about killing and they all yeah. have storm shields and stuff like that So like he runs like cut apart in their ranks yeah
0: I'd, yeah okay your brother totally like <laughs>
2: so he's got like
0: yeah me and your brother on that same wavelength we have yeah. that same place i haven't told anyone about this and that's just that's like, like his
2: favorite superhero when he was growing up was the hulk and like we play attack when you play as thing on <laughs> so it's just like always been his thing to just like go kill shit yeah and so we has got this team with like three jump pack space marines that all have storm shields and like a Dude. relic of a thunder hammer or whatever and someone's it's, like, hacked my battle scribe i swear to god <laughs> So he's got, like, this team, and then it's, like, in one turn, he can get... This, this is when I first played the LVL rules. I was super against them, and then obviously playing playing them more. Um, I told my dad that I didn't like them, but that was just because I was being stubborn. But I actually do <laughs> like them. But uh-huh. I think that, like, in this, in this packet, this team with, like, six models can just, like, fly around the board and yep. get a point for cut-apart, a point for thin their ranks, a point for... Um, Getting the bounty hunters or whatever. And then usually that team, space marine teams usually tend to kill more than they get killed in return. So not only is he getting like those three secondaries, but then he's also getting the two points around for um, killing one and killing more. And then I think like just having one space marine, like heavy bolter in the back, you're able to at least control one objective. Yeah. So I think like just like that overall team build to just kill a bunch of stuff and at least control one objective is kind of like. He's overpowered i sure. do i do think that you should be able to you should be forced to play like a positional a positional objective and then a killing and then you could have like your free choice to do whatever yeah, yeah.
0: but yeah that, we've been kind of idea. uh we've been kind of working on some ideas for for a potential packet
2: and uh so we've been bouncing some of these ideas off of different players and
1: mm-hmm.
2: and yeah um, I, I really like that idea i think next time i play my dad i'm gonna I'm gonna have him try it, and then I was, I can let you guys know how it goes. Yeah, Dope. And also
0: that list that you were just talking about, um, Burened just won a BAO prep tourney using a very similar list, except it was Iron Hands instead of my dad. Uh, just blood made an Iron injury. Hands team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't think lot, any uh, of them had like jump packs though.
2: Well, I think the, the jump list. packs are super good to like go over to, and the LVO packet they're not that great because you can't fly over the because crates, of all so. the yeah yeah. But like in normal games like house games where you're playing with yeah. like terrain that's like five inches tall and all these buildings and stuff like that, I think the jump packs are super nice. And then oh, yeah. he's got like the the blood angel, I think, and then the the relic blade. So I think the yeah, blood the relic angel blade relic is... blade is super good. Kind of like the space oh, yeah. and thunder hammer combo. Absolutely, yeah. hmm So that's I like it's a the, lot I like more cost idea. efficient too. Yeah, it is than
0: the uh, Wolf version.
2: Yeah, it is. I play a Wolf team, and that one, that one got sent to the trash really fast. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: uh, if I guess if you're if you're gonna be in New York by the end of the year, we're also New York people, probably the other side of the state. But um, <laughs> yeah. at some point, it would be awesome if we could if we could attend the same tournament. Uh, I would I yeah, would love for to sure. get, get games in against you at some time.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: There's yeah, definitely really a lack really...
2: of stuff over here, so really. I feel like there'd be like a lot of people playing, it's such a big city,
0: right uh, Yeah, well, well I, like... even New
2: York City, we're not
0: seeing too many events. Oh, no, really?
2: not in New York City, like hardly ever.
0: And yeah. I just yeah. don't know why.
2: We started hosting, like, because we've been to a few different game stores. Um, used to play at one, we play at Games Plus, it's just air. Um, this is a store near us, we play there on Sundays. <laughs> And, like, sometimes we'll switch off to a Warhammer store nearby. Um, mm-hmm. We started playing every other Tuesday at a, a venue, like, basically right across the street from us. To just try uh-huh. and like, build the, I guess, build the scene up more. Right, like, kinda, right. Like, obviously, I wish that there were, like, a lot more players nearby. So, like, we just uh-huh. play there. And it's usually the same group. But we ended up adding people just because, like, the new venue and everything like that. I kind of... Wouldn't I wouldn't mind starting up a like trying to start up a big scene in New York City. Yeah. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're kind New of York in the City midst. Of, uh... this. Hit me up and we'll play a game.
0: <laughs> we're kind of in the midst yeah. of uh trying to start a scene in, in western New York over here. Mm, and in uh, the middle was, of uh <laughs> It was going so good. It was going so well. And then until, and uh, then the plague
2: then hit. hit. <laughs> yeah, everything is yeah, like yeah. completely shut down. I got I got basically yeah. fired from work though I got put on furlough. It's not like oh that's hilarious just, I got laid off on today. Really? Yeah, there's nothing <laughs> yeah. to do. Yeah, I can't leave the house or anything.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty tough time. We we for for kill team we had like two tournaments. Mm-hmm. We well, we had one tournament lined up that we were organizing at the it end of this month that got canceled. Be, yeah, it was supposed to be next Saturday. Yeah. Oh, really? And unfortunately, we had to cancel it. Yeah
2: and yeah, then... I, think, I mean, I think, like, this podcast is just, like, a great way to, like, keep the scene alive while it's, oh, yeah. like, obviously, mm-hmm. with, like, the coronavirus, like, putting everybody on lockdown. I think mm-hmm. it's like, a good yeah. way to, like, at least, like, still branch out and keep people interested. It's, like, what, yeah. three or four weeks long? It's a long time to, like, go without playing a game, you know? Yeah. And obviously not as everybody's as oh, happy yeah. well, to have, like, a brother or dad like me to play a game yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: well, it's funny you should mention that because what uh, Shane and I have been doing for uh, basically the past week is kind of messing around with Tabletop Simulator on Steam mm. because they you can you can basically just play Kill Team on uh, Tabletop Simulator now. There's a lot of there's what? a lot of different mods. Yeah, there's yeah. LV- LVO mission pack is on there. What? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great. Yeah, um, I Shane, you were that saying that, uh... that like a Spanish tournament was like running like a tabletop simulator tournament yeah. or something this, yeah yeah the spanish kill team scene is hopped. they hopped right on it as soon as all this stuff started going down and and they're doing like an itc tournament over tabletop and um Hilarious. i messed with it a bit just to see if it's like how how good it is and um mm-hmm. really it's just a matter of, of getting used to like the little like how to actually like work the the thing and mm-hmm. it's pretty intuitive it's it's easy and it's it's cool to have access to all this stuff and
2: that's a good old. they had started with Attack wing, like when it started dying down, just like if I could just hop on my Xbox and play a game, yeah, but like mm-hmm. that's a, like, that's something that I would probably talk to my dad about in like thirty minutes. Yeah, yeah I, think it, I think it it's <laughs> on
0: Steam for like twenty bucks or something right now. Yeah, you can get it cheaper too if you go to other websites. Like I know if people have been yeah. finding it for like ten bucks places, um, and then all really the mods I mean. to to get the models and uh, it's free and um really there's yeah there's if you go to the glass half dead discord um there's a they have a channel now for tabletop simulator and this just goes for anybody listening to um and there's a pinned message with a video showing how to do everything it's really easy i figured it
2: out in like a half hour last week so i hopped in the glass half dead discord to like i whenever i go in i just go straight to the astrayani chat just to see what people are talking (laughs) about and Uh then and then i'll hop into the Gray nice chat just like see if anybody's got any tips just because, like, I really don't even know what I'm doing. Um, uh, the <laughs> granites at all. So, I just like hop in and just see what's happening, and then I'll usually just leave. I don't really say anything, I just hop in and see what people are talking about, and then I just leave.
1: Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That tabletop simulator, if if you could play some games on that, I w- I'd probably get it. Yeah, oh, yeah, no,
0: yeah. I've been playing a lot this week, especially. I mean, everybody's locked down, so like, do you just yeah, have you yeah, seen, no, like, a good computer? Not really. No, not really. No, I've got
2: a MacBook. Like, I don't know if that one's good enough. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe give it a try. <laughs> no, I knew,
0: I knew that. Yeah, I knew that one of our friends just like upgraded his PC because he was running off a MacBook or something, and it just wasn't working. And he was like, "Well, might as well just upgrade now." <laughs> uh Yeah, I run it on a laptop that I think is probably like four years old at this point so <laughs> yeah it works pretty good <laughs> and then
2: like i think I, I, that's a good like idea too because then now you can play with like people from like the spanish community like yeah that, right like, whole, like right. international you know Because like glass yeah i glass was had, playing like, across the world to play yeah i was playing with an italian guy last week
0: who was quarantined and it was just crazy because i'm thinking i would never get the chance to play a game with you like,
2: yeah, I, mean, I don't know if they yeah. have like different metas or something like that, but that'd be super cool to like see. But I feel like it would just be like controversial, like the dice rolling part, yeah. Um, but other than that, that, yeah, a, a lot, lot of dice things,
0: rolling, like, it's they've got like built in mechanics and stuff to account for that. Like, with the dice rolling, you literally like pick up however many dice and then you drop them into a box and then it automatically like sh- like rolls them for you,
2: really, you know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a good thing. I, probably would, wouldn't mind getting that yeah if you do now I, that I being said
0: <laughs> that being said i'm gonna talk about these dice rolls shane we're gonna do it right now remember <laughs> that game last night shane yes i do yes I all do. right so uh <laughs> where do i even begin okay so i had a space marine vanguard veteran combat specialist with a power fist charge into one of shane's uh snake bite orc knobs all right snake bite okay. orc knobs they have a six up uh, feel no pain. Very important for what I'm about to tell you. Uh, three attacks go through; none of them hit. I'm like, this is literally the only charge I got to go through. I'm a CP reroll. Hits, uh, wounds, goes through the armor. Uh, power fist does D3 damage. Mm-hmm. I, I roll a I roll a five, so that's three whole damage. I roll, Very nice. roll, and then uh, well, actually no, I don't even roll because it's just. The amount of damage that the model yeah. takes uh shane rolls his his feel no <laughs> pains and he made all three of his six up feel no pains <laughs> i could not i could that's not believe it
2: that's something like i've ended i'm like I'd yo do where do you get once.
0: the loaded dice mod
2: like what is <laughs> happening here yeah, yeah i, I, I couldn't like believe it, it. That's something that would happen like only on a computer. I started playing online poker with my friends. We're just like, oh yeah, oh don't even. Have you ever seen anybody get pocket aces more times than like playing this game? It happens like at least once every five minutes. And then like I'll hop into like a Facetime call with one of my friends while we're playing, and it's like the game. It just seems like gives you these hands that make you want to play, even though you shouldn't. It just like makes you want to like chase these cards (laughs) all the way through. It, it, it like, sets it up for, like, big hands, it seems like. And uh, I've done that to my brother, like, rolling, like, double sixes on my Fino pains. Mm -hmm. Or, like, the leader. She's uh, two wounds. And he'll roll, like, three damage on me. And then I'll roll two sixes and she'll be fine. But just, like, I feel like those are things that happen a lot (laughs) with the casino dice that I've been using. But then, (laughs) on the flip side, there have been times where I'll attack with my combat uh, combat. Specialist Scorpion, and I'll roll mm-hmm. like three ones and then a four. It's like that one will get through, and then it'll get saved by his his armor, which is a, he'll need a six. But that's yes. that's a different story. Yeah, yeah. Casino dice are a little, and the casino dice that I have are like the exact same ones that they had on the the top table too. I right. have the blue ones because like oh, yeah. blue's my favorite color. My mm-hmm. brother's got the red ones because he played plays Blood Angels. I get to the uh-huh. tournament, and I go to this final table, and I'm like, "What the? F- where do these dice come from?" I like, <laughs> looked in my box, to, like check and make sure that they didn't stain my dice. Uh huh. It's super weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So Ryan, did you have anything else you want to do uh, to to touch
0: on or? No, nothing that comes to mind. Yeah, because I think I, yeah. I had all the bases for my questions. Um, uh huh. Alex, it was awesome talking to you. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for having me. Uh, if you ever figure out that tabletop simulator thing, hit me up and we'll we'll play a game.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm definitely. I'm probably gonna go talk to my dad about it right after this call. So, tight, tight. Great, all well, right, cool.
0: uh, Awesome talking to you, Alex. I'll uh I'll I'll keep in touch with you. All right. All right. Peace out. See you later. All right. Bye bye.